If you're an established woman in tech who is creating results and making an impact at work, so your workload and stress just keep growing, but promotions and salary bumps remain a distant dream, it's time for a change. Listen, we all know the tech industry has dramatically changed. It's time your career approach did too. You don't need cookie cutter programs or dusty advice from outdated playbooks because What works for tech bros won't work for you. You need individualized, bespoke support to build your brave career. One that reflects who you are as a woman in tech. I invite you to explore career coaching with me. Get all the details, including prices and client results at tricksteinbach.com. You can stress less work less, and earn more. You've already earned it. Let's make it happen. Welcome to the Celebrate Brave podcast. I'm Nicole Church-Steinbach, your host and the international bravery coach for women in tech. I serve women all over the world to earn more money, create more opportunities, and thrive in the tech industry because tech needs all of us. Are you ready? Let's go. Oh, have I got a conversation for you today. Thank you for sharing your time with this podcast. And this is a good one. All right. My guest is Christy Shafi. Now, let me tell you something. I connect with this woman on so many different topics. She is so generous in sharing her brave story. She is deeply specific, and you'll hear how the themes weave through our entire conversation. While you're listening to this episode, reflect. How can you, here's a little spoiler, how can you take a peephole, turn it into a window, then into a door, and then into major promotions. So I'm very proud to say that Christy is an executive director for multi-cloud product at J.P. Morgan. She is a very fun speaker and LinkedIn heir, and you're going to hear about her magic in identifying, collaborating, and solving problems for people and also for technology. You know, one of the things that really comes out in this conversation is how high her accountability is for herself, which directly relates to the Build Your Brave framework. Christy lives in her brave. We talk about women coming into technical careers. So make sure that you listen and take that into your life. This conversation is extraordinary. So let's go. Hello, brave people, and welcome back to a glorious conversation. 
I am so excited to welcome you, Christy. Hey. Hey, thank you, Nicole. And hello, brave people. It's great to be here. I think our connection is so cool because we met over LinkedIn. Yes. It's so cool how we have these various options for us to do that. And I can't remember what you posted that made me reach out to you, but it was something so spot on to my day-to-day reality that I just knew you and I had a connection without even knowing you. Yeah, and it's so true. We do. A hundred percent. It's so awesome. So thank you. I actually thought I reached out to you, so that's kind of funny. We'll have to go back and look it up. It was one direction or the other. I love it. I love it. But that's the level of connection, which is so cool. So we had a bunch of messages and we spoke. And I was so inspired by how you just approached a variety of different topics. Then you went to this event and the what, how generous you were for, I think it was an Amazon event or something like that. You were so generous about what you learned there and you were lifting all these other people. And then I was like, nah, she needs to be on my podcast like right away. (laughs) So I am so excited to share your brave story. I mean, you shared a little bit with me and it is a story that is desperately needed, a role model example. So I'm just going to hand it to you and open it up. Thank you again so much. And yes, I love the LinkedIn platform. When I post, my goal is to be very authentic to who I am. So I think that uh, post you referenced about the AWS reInvent, it was not only a great event, but I was so impressed with the women I had met along the journey. And I don't even try to find those type of situations, but very organically, when you're impressed by something, it's worth calling out. Uh, So yes. And just a little I know you, you create it everywhere you go. I have no doubt. That's true. Yes, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) And similar to you and I, it's you feel somebody's energy and go, these are my people. I need to pause, go introduce myself, build that connection. uh, And then the world will take it from there. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So the brave story I wanted to share today, and it's an an exciting time for me. So just in the last two weeks, I had a birthday. I learned that I had been promoted at work, which... Yes! 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 (laughs) Celebrating this promotion where we had scheduled our chat before I knew about the promotion. And what's interesting about the story I want to share is I look back at it being a major milestone, and this was three years ago, that changed who I was as a professional and and truly began my journey of this promotion. And, you know, it goes to show you that great things happen over longer periods of time, I do feel I've spent the last three years just growing and changing as a professional. And so the story I want to share is really how I changed from being a team or a project leader to being an organizational leader. 
and the great experience that I went through to do that initial transition. And and it's almost felt like crossing a threshold or a portal. Yes. Yes. Because what did you just get promoted to? So I'm promoted to an executive director at JP Morgan. Exactly. Yes. Executive level. level, Love it. Director level. And when I started at JP Morgan 10 years ago, my initial executive director was just, she hung the moon in my eyes. (laughs) And so I feel like, you know, I said three years in the making, this might've been 10 years in the making, just seeing an example all that time ago of wanting to, knowing I had it in me to reach that level and wanting yes. to just walk that journey. So I'm going to break into my story, but excited to, yes. to start it. So about three years ago, JP Morgan, fantastic company, have worked for them mm-hmm. for almost a decade now. We are going through all sorts of transformations. And with a company of our size, this is uh, typical. So agile, DevOps, modernization of all of our technologies. These are constant transformations we look back to just to make sure, you know, not only are we hitting it right, but we have so many different business units across our scale. We have always work to do. So I, at the time, was kind of floating, had just come back to the firm and was doing some Scrum Master work, some product work across quite a few different teams. And we had a fairly new senior leader come in and uh, had done a planning exercise. And it was almost like he saw something in me that I didn't even know was within myself. And he pulled me aside and pitched to me this vision of this transformation program. And that is my, you know, you have a great episode about finding the white knight in your career. I don't think he was the white knight in my career, but he was somebody who took the time to see something in me and then create space for me to go and and walk through that journey. Mm, Yes. What I love about this that's just assumed in your description is that you had already done the work to show up as you want to show up, and that's what he was responding to. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes when we do the work, we don't know if people see it, and it's validating to Mm -hmm. know that if you work hard and execute and stick to your vision – people do see it. The right people. Well, yeah, 100%. Yes. 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 Oh, so you were floating, showing up as yourself, and then you had this powerful conversation. And that, to me, sounds like a window. Yes. And you took it and made it into a door. Yes. Yes. Oh, tell us more. It was an opportunity to do something across, I would say, five locations globally, over 120 people, which I had run projects and teams. I think the biggest I had impacted at that time was around 30. So this was significant in size to what I had done in the past. And this leader 
did not give me a script or a recipe to go by. He literally just gave me his probably four and a half sentence vision. Get started. Let me know what you need next. We need to present this in a month. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, that's a window. <laughs> yeah, I'm like people. And uh, I, I remember sitting down and kind of letting myself just daydream and vision board what this would look like. And fortunately, at JP Morgan, they are so willing to support visions. They do make you. So I had the opportunity to go to New York, get my thoughts in order, and about a month later, travel to New York and present this to a leadership team that at the time I was fairly new to working with. And I even learned through that experience that not everybody buys into every vision. Very true. 100%. Yep. And it still can be a fantastic vision. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Fantastic vision. And, but that's probably more the case where you have people who ask tough questions and uh, at the time was definitely going through some imposter syndrome going, oh God, you know, yeah. like, oh, that person doesn't agree with me. Do I change everything? And I've learned you really don't, but you have to take, you almost have to step back and go, why am I getting this feedback? What am I missing? And how do I take people on the journey with me so they feel like they get the opportunity to learn, understand your vision, and then be included in the decision-making process. Yes. Oh my gosh. I have to strengthen that a million times. That is such an important piece because there is this misunderstanding in the world. And I say, I think it goes way beyond tech. I think it like crosses all the borders. Like, well, if one of my stakeholders isn't a hundred percent, then we can't move forward. That's actually not true, particularly in the corporate world. Sometimes we just have to get the job done and they just have to get the job done. And it's that mitigation of risk, that addressing of behavior that keeps us moving forward, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And spending a lot more time with the folks who are on fire, ready to go, early adopters, elevating the message, that is what makes huge change happen in small periods of time. And we get comfortable. And and if we really step back, any team's going to have a range of personalities. So you start going, how do I work with, you know, three of my stakeholders work all in. All they needed to see was a few updates. They trusted that we would get the work done and they were willing to experience it along with us so that they could learn as well and, you know, support the idea. Other stakeholders, and this is probably just naturally occurring in different types of personalities, have a lot more questions, want some validation that this is a good use of their own time, good use of their team time. Yes. And when you do something across 130 people, that's that's a lot of hours spent doing a program. Yeah. So they do want to have a, you know, not a guarantee, but just an idea that this is going to work out in the mm-hmm. right way. Confidence. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
Whew. Yeah, so keep going on this story. And being fairly new to the org, had limited amount of confidence from this group. Uh, just they didn't know me very well, even as passionate and as excited as I was to present the vision. I still knew delivery and the execution piece was key. So I had about 90 days to pull this transformation program together, and it was right over the holiday season, which (laughs) sometimes that's a good thing because everybody else went on holiday that year, and I threw myself into this. And and just to be specific for because we have a lot of people who listen outside yeah. of the Christmas environment, it's really like the Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, New Year's holiday season. Yeah, all okay, yeah. Awesome. And, awesome. And I would start at like Thanksgiving all the way through. This was right at that uh, fourth quarter time of the year, so okay. very interesting time of the year when everybody's trying to get everything done. So not the greatest time to always be disrupting. And so we actually kicked this off right in January. And that was part of our vision going January can be one of those awkward months. We're going to roll into it and, you know, start the year off with this splashy transformation program. And we did, we turned it from, you know, we could have said, we're going to do two sprints and this is our vision. And instead we said, you know, we're going to, disrupt everybody for 30 days and we made it intentionally disruptive but that brought with it people's attention and excitement we invested in I had this whole vision for doing stand-ups which are very agile so I wanted everybody together in the mornings doing an activity or a team building exercise and that I think was such a great part of the transformation because when we're hoping an organization can build a new way of thinking, build a new way of working together, sometimes doing those very simple activities actually lead to more team growth than doing a very complex activity. So at the time we did like building marshmallow towers with Q-tips and (laughs) we went all Yes. Yes. And the data actually backs that up, right? So if we look at the data available from the Organizational Effectiveness Institute and other places like um, ProSci, simple beats fancy always. Yes. Yeah. I would agree. And I didn't know that at the time, but I lived it. And exactly. I fully agree with that. So, so So we did great. The program went off, not without a hitch. I can tell you there were many times where I had to pivot right in the moment. We continued to face pressures of leaders, not necessarily questioning the approach, but still needing to be brought on the journey. So I learned quite a bit at the time Mm -hmm. of, I had my execution layer of my feature teams and they really needed one version from me. I had my leadership and I had to alter my approach to start doing the so what's and what comes next. And there's nothing that can prepare you for that. So having the opportunity of kind of breaking out of that imposter syndrome and start going, I can answer these questions. I'm confident this is going to work. That was really powerful. And I I had a great leadership team. My sponsor was very supportive. 
he encouraged other people to be part of the program as far as speakers and the the more rounded we made this the more impactful it really chose to be and i grew very confident seeing if you take an idea and start chunking through it almost the same approach you do with the small project but having the bravery to do it on a much larger scale these are things that we already naturally do every day and we we saw great results even Two weeks ago, I had a woman reach out to me who still works with one of these teams from three years ago. And she, wow. yeah, she said, we still talk about it. We still implement things we learned. And, you know, how cool is that? I think it's, um, you know, when you confidently can start achieving and helping other teams grow, it has a lasting impact for years. And that's, that's something to be very yes. proud of and, again, helps break you through that imposter syndrome. Like, I can make a difference and I can help people. Exactly. Oh, man. I just – I was in this big conversation with people who are all coaches and speakers and things. And somebody had asked this question of like, how do I build confidence? What kind of like meditation do you recommend? What kind of mentoring do you recommend? And I wasn't the first person to say it. Somebody else was on the, the same time zone. I was asleep when the conversation started. Somebody said, you start building confidence by doing the thing that you're scared of. And your story is exactly that. Because I can tell you that there are countless times that I saw someone be offered, like you said, a peephole. And they're like, well, I don't know how to do that. So the next person takes the peephole. And the next person and the next person. And finally, somebody will see the people and say, oh, I can make a window. Oh, I made a window. Oh, I can make a door. Oh, and with every step, that's where the confidence comes from. Not from the stuff in your head. <laughs> no. The head can be yeah, the, the head can make you question, what if? And am I ready? Mm -hmm. uh, and I didn't feel ready at the time, just like you said. But, and I kind of said no, to be honest. I did have, you could have. an opportunity to say no and walk away from it. But... I, I go back to somebody seeing something in me that I didn't see in myself. I was almost infinitely curious about why this individual was willing to create space for me. And I felt like if I didn't walk through it, even if it was a total failure, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know if I could actually achieve whatever it was that he saw. So a powerful time. And not always comfortable, but worth worth the uncomfortableness, I would say. I love the wavelength we're on because I was just about to be like, so what was the most uncomfortable part for you? <laughs> oh, gosh, I think the most uncomfortable part for me was being the center of attention. I don't mind doing it on a small scale. It's like I'm an extroverted introvert. I have yeah. to be an extrovert in my career because I'm a project lead or a team lead or a product lead and you have to be willing to do it. But that's very different than being an organizational lead 
And I had zero experience feeling that I was guiding such a broad group of change that it wasn't a natural place for me to sit in. And I actually don't think I really wanted that. Like I, I was very comfortable with doing project leading and I was good at it. So I didn't have really the ambition at the time to lead things organizationally. And there are a certain amount of nerves you get when all eyes are on you. And it wasn't the most comfortable spot for me. I'll be really honest. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder, because you said you have to be an extrovert. And I wonder if part of what he saw and why your career, why you took this moment, why you turned it into a door, why your career, I mean, you just had a major success, right? In the last couple of weeks. I wonder if it's because you've taken those aspects people assign to extroverts and used it as a tool, as a lever while continuing to show up as your natural you, as the you that gives people confidence and trust and reliance and all of these things. And it's like, oh, the extroverts do that. So let me take that tool but staying who you truly are. I I would say that's spot on. And the combination of being true to self, which really does have a lot of introverted characteristics, helps me balance that servant leadership. So I would say the introvert side of me is very interested in being a servant leader. I can see Mm -hmm. problems within my teams, within my groups, and very in the back end, solve those problems for folks and continue to push other individuals forward. And that I love to do very naturally. So how do you take a servant leader who would rather be behind the scenes making sure all the pieces are moving and walk into a more visible space where you do both? You go, all right, team, we need to pull all of us together in the same direction but then have the opportunity to still go behind the scenes and with the individuals go, okay, now what do you need to get this done? What do you need to get this done? Yes. And the balance is probably the sweet spot. Yes. I don't think I would be where I was today without trying to incorporate new tools into my toolbox. Exactly. And for anybody who's unfamiliar with the concept servant leader, it's actually a leadership program. You can get certified in it. Something that I've done as well. And I, as everyone on this knows, I am an extrovert. I get my energy from without myself and I love all the peoples. And it is a very powerful way to ensure that as a leader, you're meeting people where they are, holding a vision for them. Like this is exactly what he did for you, right? Meet you where you are, hold a vision for them, and then support them, not handhold them, support them as they choose to continue or not right? So there's a really important aspect of servant leadership, which is I use the term release the reins. You give someone an opportunity and then you release the reins. If they take it, fantastic. If not, as a servant leader, you always know who's the next person. So if you're not familiar with that, get familiar with it. Yes. We can do a whole other conversation about servant leadership. There's a lot to dig into that category as well. Easily the most rewarding part of Now, continuing my journey, run a great team today, do still feel like an organizational leader, 
most rewarding part of my job today is being a servant leader for my team and the engineering groups we support because I'm hitting that point in my career where like this was a, a great promotion for me. Going up higher seems not really currently on my radar. So just doing me very well and finding that balance of happiness and joy in my career completely comes with making sure those around me are successful. Like technology is a, is a team sport. It is a we thing all the time. So yes, love it. Yeah. That I would say is louder in the back. It is a we. It is always a we. It's always a we. Oh my gosh. Yes. This is another misunderstanding that's out there. And I love that you just magically brought this in is like, so I, I get contacted by a lot of people who want to get into tech because they see that I'm helping people in tech and I love helping people get into tech. I mean, some of my best clients are coming out of healthcare and education and all that other stuff. And all the time, one of the things that they're like, I just don't know because I like to work with people. I'm like, I have got good news for you. Oh, you're constantly working with people. It's such an amazing aspect of the tech industry and also why, you know, you, me, two very different personalities, not traditionally that identity of power, why we thrive yep. in tech. There's so much opportunity. There is so much opportunity and I share the passion of bringing people into technology. I love hiring people from diverse backgrounds. I love working with women, especially young women who are graduating college and they've never even heard about technology departments, which was very much where I was. I graduated college with a uh, half business, half computer science degree and Never even knew that banking did technology. I mean, I guess if I had thought about it, of course they did. Yeah. But there, yeah. there was no, which is amazing to me, my first 22 years of life, never a single conversation with me about a career, jobs, benefits, a lifestyle, uh, something passionate that I could be good at and pursue and get certifications and not a single conversation, even through my college education, about where technology could take me. And I hope yeah. in the next very short years that we're able to solve this for women because how can you pursue something you don't even know about? And we're so good exactly. at it. Exactly. And we're so good at it. I mean, we, I mean, there's a debate, right? Because there, there seems to have been some programmatic. It just was unfortunately ruined by the colonization of India, right? Yes. But we know that Loveless was like the one, right? Who, who did it first. And then we think about, you know, now because of the movie and the book Hidden Figures, we know yes. that the people who were really doing the mathematics of tech were all women, black women primarily, right? Yes. And there's so much opportunity. It can be so much fun. And we can work inside of our boundaries. We don't have to work all the time. That's another like crazy idea from these Hollywood movies when sometimes I sit it, I can't, to be honest with you, I can't even watch them anymore. When it's like they hack in in two seconds. I'm like, no, that's not how it works. Yes. But also when they never stop working, I'm like, that's 
not my lived experience at all. I think it's great work-life balance. I know so many women who are in technology that this fits very naturally into our skill set. I think back to being a servant leader or somebody who just can naturally see where gaps are and we like to close those things and then fix something and walk away and fix the next thing. There's a natural role for women in technology. And I know companies see this and we have such, even in the last 10 years, I've seen such a change in in the recruitment, but I always joke, I live in Florida now that if I have to personally go to every Florida high school and give some empowered speech to these junior, senior girls and be like, ladies, who wants to pay yes. for your own apartment and your own college and, you know, <laughs> have opportunities yeah. where you can go up and grow and learn? I don't know what women wouldn't be raising their hands and yes. helping them see that the path is available to them. Yes, 100%. That's one of the reasons I'm involved with Anita B is because they do support in different ways in different parts of the world, like our younger women and also the women, you know, who want to come in. I had a guest, Marche. She actually also just got her executive position right after being on the podcast. I'm like, oh, my podcast has good juju. Yeah. You know, she came into tech in her 40s. I love it. Yep. Isn't it amazing? Like there's so much space here and we desperately need all the identities at the table. It's just so important. Which speaking of which, who is your brave role model? I want to hear from Oh gosh. So I'm like, I'm really excited. Who's the person that inspires you? Okay. I am going to cheat and I am going to name first names only (laughs) for... Two great role models that are kind of on the theme of opening space for other individuals and then not being overbearing with that, but but giving me the almost freedom to have a vision and then execute against it. So I have two wonderful mentor role models in my life, uh, Todd and John, and Both of these individuals have known me throughout the last five years of my career. They both do the same thing, so I'm just going to loop them in the same bunch here. They are, first and foremost, the most professional senior leaders that I have worked with. So the ability for, as women grow in their tech career, I think we face all sorts of uncertainties. And sometimes we don't know how to have a sponsor or a mentor or a manager. And it is so empowering when you find somebody in your career that has a high level of professionalism and maintains that for many, many years. And so that to me Like, I wish I had a great woman to shout out here, but it truly is these two gentlemen who just have set the bar for me and they hold that bar, which gives me an opportunity to go, that's who I want to be. I want to be professional. I want to open doors for others. I don't want there to be conditions. These individuals have never put a condition on their mentorship with me. They've never 
ask for anything in return. It's like the most selfless act of mentorship that I've ever experienced. And I know that through having them as a guidepost, I continue to raise myself to be that person. And so, yeah, I think that I feel so blessed. And these aren't like, these weren't, you know, Prince Charming's that came through and paved the way for me and took on all the hard work for me. It was almost completely the opposite. They're, they're almost like the best cheerleaders. They're like, Team Christy, you can do it. And then they, you know, disappear for three months. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that. Todd and John, way to go. Being advocates. I love it. I love it. Because that's such an important part. It requires all of us to grow. Men, women, all generations, all races, all religions, all locations. We have to open the doors, create the doors, and we have to pop them open for the people behind us which is just beautiful. And that is what I learned from those two. So now that I'm manager and I have a next generation of up and coming women, I see how to do that. And I've experienced it. So much what you just said, it's, it's not so much about me trying to save anybody. It's me going, here are the reins to your life, your vision now, you know, go forth and call me if you get stuck, but I'm not going to come save you. Uh, I had a great employee that made a joke. She's like, you're so vague. I'm like, well, not vague. I just don't want to give you all the answers, right? I don't want it to be Christy's vision for your life or Christy's vision for how you execute. I just want you to come up with your own vision and read between the lines. I think I was telling her read between the lines at the time. And she was like, yeah, very helpful. I'm like, no. (laughs) One of the things that I said, I had a, I had a person who felt, this was years ago, felt very strongly that he was not getting that which he deserved. This was a very, very strong belief. And my response that came out of my belly, and I'll be honest and exasperation, because I felt like I had been very concrete. We had a promotion plan, was not meeting the KPIs established and all these things. And this this sentence came out that I'm sure I got from my grandpa. But what I said to him was, look, every time you come to me for the answer, I become more valuable. I become more skilled. But when you figure out the answer, when you stake a claim, make an opinion, pitch it, whatever, win or lose, move forward or get canceled, like the the idea or the project, yeah. you are more valuable. Yes. So stop making me valuable. You want what it is you think you should have? Be valuable. Yeah, do it. Do it. And yeah. lived, been there, lived through points of my career where I felt the same way, where I'm like, man, I could not have worked harder. And that goal line just felt like it was moving over and over again. Had to truly learn to focus on what was important to me, overexerting yourself, being somebody who loses the balance, like I'm going to work 85 hours a week and this is going to get me where yeah. I need to go. 
it almost gets you further away from it. Yes, it does. So internal balance, very important. You mentioned meditation earlier, getting your head right, mm-hmm. super important. Yeah. I do some great meditations and have a couple talks about this that I, I give where truly like get the thoughts away from you. So used to drive home before COVID and spend time in my car before I went in my house, literally meditating and just getting all the work thoughts out of my head. Didn't want to bring them into the house with me if I had to stay in that car for 10 minutes before I was ready to walk into my house and be present with my family. I made that a priority because for some reason, the, I think the world just has a funny sense of humor. If you're not in balance, it's like, oh, we're going to let you keep working through this until you start prioritizing your own well-being and self-care. And yes. then as soon as you do that, the world's like, okay, now we're going to just play these things in front yeah. of you that you were always after. So Exactly. And that was my lived experience 100%. When I stopped working like crazy, I got some of the largest growth salary. I mean, the stock, the year after I learned how to balance my time management, the year after that, I got a stock award that literally took my breath away. Literally. I was like, this is an option. (laughs) And I have a lot of clients who are shocked to discover. And and I get it because I was there. I was there. Shocked to discover that happy people get promoted. Happy people get promoted. Happy people come across as more trusting and confident. So it has to be very genuine. Like I don't think these are things we can fake. One thing I've learned through my great mentor relationships is to ask for the things that I want for some reason. Oh, that is, oh my gosh, yes. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. I just assume the world is going to inform my manager that I want this salary or that promotion or this job. You might actually have to articulate those things. Yes. Uncomfortable as it is in the beginning, but once you do it a few times, like it actually, it seems very normal where you're like, oh, possibly I should have been having these conversations my whole career. Nobody just reminded me that you actually have to ask for the things that you want in life, not just, you know, cross your fingers and make strong suggestive hints. So... You know what I love about this, that this comes in your brave role model, is that, yes, this person saw something in you, right, and gave you this people that that you took, but all throughout that, you were actually talking about the times that you requested something. You requested support from the steer code. Everybody has to come together. That's a request. Do these simple things. Follow through this way. We're going to do it in one big thing. We're all going to be uncomfortable, right? Like, Your story is littered with examples of why making the specific and clear request is the powerful part. Now, people can say yes. People can say no. People can say maybe. That's not the important part. The important part is that you make the request. Yep. And then when you get good at this, you start learning what you also don't request. So there's times where I want things naturally to happen or am okay if they do or don't pan out and I can know what those things are because I'm not being vocal. So whether this is like very throat chakra line, we do a lot of chakra work, but 
between my ability to speak and listen and then not speak as well is um, it is a very powerful thing to hone in on as you go out through your career. And we're all different. So it looks different for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, because for me, it was, I needed to shut up some more. <laughs> I was talking all the time. Me too, really. Like, and the- <laughs> I've learned to pull it back over the years. <laughs> and now I have a podcast. What a surprise. Really, um, really yeah. <laughs> Couldn't be more excited to be on your podcast journey. It's like privilege of life. No, thank you. Well, I want people to stay in contact with you. I happen to know you have some plans, but I also just know that your LinkedIn is pretty valuable. So where can we direct people yeah. to stay in your uh, story? LinkedIn's the, the best place to find me. I do have one private Instagram where I have like 30 followers. But there's not a lot of on the other social media networks. My husband's on Twitter and he's like 3,000 people following him for random things. I'm like, who are these people? So definitely LinkedIn is my most active platform. I do have a life goal that's rolling over from 2021 to do a first draft of a book this year. And uh, I am excited. So I'm going to share actually two of the areas that we're kind of narrowing in on. So I do a keynote called Managing Your Career with a Smile, which SMILE stands for Success, Money, Imagination, Learning, and Energy. It's a really fun keynote, and I would like to do a very small career guide book that goes through those different stages. And there's it's almost the things that I wish somebody would have told me when I was young about being a professional. So I want to continue to share that. Plus, the keynote's really fun to give. I did everything in pirate theme. So if you're on my inner, or my LinkedIn, yeah, it's, it's taking advantage of the opportunity to, their slides are posted. So they are really fun slides if anybody wants to check them out. And um, I have a wonderful father who has been really a leadership coach for me since I was a very small kid. So he was a director of our road and bridge department and then coached my sister and I in basketball for many years. And then many generations of middle schoolers after that he coached. And he has the most incredible leadership advice. And so I would like to co-write a book with him and my sister about leadership and try to capture all of this wonderful knowledge. And my father is from Alabama, which if you were in the 60s and 70s in Alabama, you were a Mayor Bryant fan and loved football worldwide. So a lot of my dad's leadership advice is about like running the ball down the field. Outworking the tackle next to you. Uh, so it's guaranteed to be filled with like excellent uh, career and leadership coaching based in the form of many football stories. Uh, so hopefully we'll get a draft out here. Oh, I didn't know about the second one. I mean, that's going to be very interesting. Two daughters yeah. took 
sport metaphors, leadership coaching, and turned it into incredible impact in the world. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Celebrate Brave podcast. If you're ready to build your brave, to live a life of love, and create a career that matters to you. Oh, that is beautiful. And definitely check out the time one-on-one to explore how I can help Really good fun. And I learned then share this episode with people smile. in your life I learned so y'all people that's my teaser get your proposal for dare to redefine oh, brave oh well Christy thank you so much for just being so generous with your story and, and with your inspiration it. there are so many gems this is going to be a hard podcast to name uh, yeah I thought about that and um, good luck Nicole I don't know what to <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was a window to solve my problem. Okay, I'll take the reins. (laughs) Give you feedback? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I really, I I can't on the exact minute think of anything, but I do, I want to share, before we wrap, the one thing in our very first conversation, you said that I still repeat in my head was that when we get bored, we're, we're dangerous because our energy and our voices are meant to be heard. So I love that you've created such an incredible platform. You're creating an opportunity for other women to get their voices heard. You're bridging the gap in technology, which is going to exponentially change the world as we bring more women into tech uh, through the individual and through the corporations that they support. So it is such an honor to be speaking with you again. And I just wish you and your podcast nothing but wonderful success and hope we can do a follow-up one sooner than later. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I received that and that is what I'm in for. Let's do it. Oh, wonderful. All right. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Until next week, everybody, brave it up. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Celebrate Brave podcast. If you're ready to build your brave, to live a life you love and create a career that matters to you, reach out. Together, we can spend time one-on-one to explore how I can help you. And until then, share this episode with people in your life people who can join our movement to redefine brave, how we identify it, experience it, and celebrate it.